Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan with Brandon Piller today. Back to the Send Central draft rankings. We're into the top five and number four from Frolunda, Sweden. Yes, you've heard that name mentioned many times for some high starring Senators players. And we'll get into Lucas Raymond and what he can bring in the draft. We'll also discuss further developments with the 2D logo, all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. Today is Wednesday, July 15th. Pillsy, every time I see a new concept with 2D, I get more and more excited. And it's just fun. Like now that we know it's actually coming, we're not just spitballing here. Like we're actually trying to come up with great designs and see what works. And we know kind of the platform, like the base of what the jersey is going to be, but everyone's kind of designs have little different minor changes that you can either love or hate depending on your style. But it's just fun to check out all these new jerseys and see what the new era of Senators will possibly look like. Well, the thing is, like, they're going to have to release these sooner than the draft. Do you think they can hold on until October 9th? We will riot. We will make them release There will it. be, like, there might be 3,000 concept jerseys by then. Yeah, that's the thing. They're going to have way too much stuff to sift through. So, for them, it's better to get it out. And Sense Twitter is active and loud these days. So, I think we're going to get our voices heard. And even the rest of the league, I think, is pretty interested in uh, the Sense rebrand. Even some nonsense Twitter people uh, tweeting it out. And it's getting some love from around the league. So, we're back to 2D black. And I couldn't be more excited. We just tweeted out at Send Central, tattoo this one on my face. And that's at Everyday Sends. Great content from him. Go give him a follow as well. He mocked one up of Brady Kachuk, and he took the creative liberty to add the C on that jersey. So nothing wrong with that. Something else cool, Pilsy, and uh, we were going over this. We also tweeted this out, and credit to Brandon Mackey for uh, reminding me of one we forgot. But the Senators will be only the fifth team to have a, a black jersey at home. I like that. Can you name all five right off the top of your head? Or it's four and well, the Senators. Well, I saw them, but I thought you missed another one. What about the San Jose Sharks? Or is no, that their teal. alternate? That's their alternate. Yep. Okay. All right. So it's fair. It's the Boston fair. Bruins, if you didn't see it. And uh, I'm in a group chat with a few buddies, and they couldn't figure out that one. They had all the others. And I, I just said, here's a hint. And I sent them the Carlson to Hoffman uh, lob pass. I said, uh, yeah, notice from there. Yeah, outside of Boston, it's the Anaheim Ducks and LA Kings out of Southern California. And then, of course, uh, the hated Pittsburgh Penguins as well. But you got to give credit. Those jerseys are sweet um, as well. So excited for the Sens to get into that. And there's even some pop culture coming up. We tweeted out that uh, Big L, a big proponent, and that caught some attention across the uh, NHL Twitter. Yeah, that was kind of a random one. I mean, uh, Ross, you know. always welcome to comment. Oh, yeah. You and I are big, big L fans. Uh, we've gone through his discography multiple times on the way home from Belleville. Rest in peace, big L. Big shout out there. And another big rapper in the game, also rocking the 2D Sens jersey. How about Biggie? Biggie Small. So big things are coming for this 2D rebrand. And Let's throw it back to the 90s. Let's get some, they need to embrace that. Like they need to have like when when they fully like unveil the rebranding. Like let's get 
like Biggie Smalls victorious song going and maybe some Big L as uh, Brady Thomas Shabbat and the third overall pick come out unveiling the new uniforms. That's going to be so exciting and I can't wait for that. Yeah, Mark Mathot chimed in on Twitter as well, mentioning that um, the the uh, big L is a big part of his rap playlist. So you got to appreciate that. Maybe they come out. He's got uh, one of the best big L lines as well. And excuse the lyrics, but this is, uh, is big L as, as it comes. Right. Do you think the sends could use these big L lyrics to help him out saying, what's the rap game without big L it's like jewels without ice, China without rice, the Holy Bible without Christ, the bulls without Mike crackheads without pipes, the village without dikes or hockey games without fights. So Big L shouting Ooh. out the hockey as well, um, representing the Sens along the way. We saw Tom Green, Ottawa boy, rocking yep. the 2D logo and uh, his song Check the OR video. So lots of pop culture love. And if they bring the O back, can't forget Rihanna yeah. rocking the, the Sens dress. So all the Sens will be rocking that. And one might include the new guy. Before we throw, we recorded earlier this week, so Parliament could be involved with Lucas Raymond. But, man, th- I'm starting to get so excited as we profile these higher-ups in the draft. Especially when we're looking at guys that, like, were They can step third, right in. Yeah, third overall. Like, this pick is going to be in the top six probably right away, which is so exciting. And the fact that the Sens have two kind of placeholders in that top six at least long term I believe one on the left side and Brady Kachuk and one on the right side and Drake Batherson yeah sure the center depth that'll shuffle out and we're going to get into a lot of our depth uh, projections next week as we do our wingers and centermen on that one but then yeah just the fact that we're going to be starting to be able to pencil guys in to spots going forward it's going to be so exciting and without further ado let's get to our profile here our send central draft rankings number four Lucas Raymond. All right, let's move into the fourth spot on the Send Central draft rankings. It's Lucas Raymond, right winger for Frölunda, Sweden. Parley, your initial impression of this player. Well, I mean, you mentioned the name Frölunda around another Senators fan, and they're going to tell you that there's been some success that has come out of that system. Obviously, two of them have worn the C, and it's just been impressive what they've been able to do. So right there, you know he comes from a good background that has translated well to the NHL game. To get more specific about his game, three things come to mind. Two kind of go together. He's great offensively. He's great defensively. He's going to be a two-way player, and this kid has an NHL-ready release. Everybody's talking about this kid's wrist shot. He can put it in. He can score off the rush. He can score from a standstill. He's that good. Uh, He can move the puck as well. This kid, he's exciting, and there's a reason he's expected to go in the top five this year. The only problem that I see with him is the lack of usage, which is something that he has no control over. For Lunda, the Swedish Hockey League in general, it's so hard to get ice time there. He was averaging under 10 minutes per game, yet still scored four goals and 10 points in 33 games. Pilsy, do you think he's going to need more time because of this? Or when he steps into the North American game, it's going to be all systems go? I actually think the opposite, Ross. I think uh, it's a good thing that this happened. And um, you can you can tell me if my spin on this is right or just a reach. But uh, yeah, I think it's a positive thing that Raymond was reduced to sort of a checking line type role in Falunda because it's forcing him to do those little things right and play well defensively. 
where you look at most top prospects on a top line and they're just miles ahead better than their peers, right? Like they're just, they're just embarrassing them. Like guys like Rossi, Perfetti, um, Jack Quinn, like they're, they're just so much better. Whereas when you're a 17 year old and Lucas Raymond playing against men, it's, it's much tougher. And those other guys in junior leagues, they're able to shine offensively and uh, show their sick hands and um, rack up insane points. And they have a bigger leash when it comes to their kind of forecheck and backcheck. But then you look at a guy like uh, Raymond, he's had to grind and work his way. Not only does he just have that natural talent that's going to make him a good offensive player, but he's worked hard on the little things already, which is something that we can't really say for the last couple prospects we've talked about are very gifted offensively, but have a lot of work to do on their two-way game. So I think this is going to prepare Raymond even more to step into a pro um pro league in North America quicker than some of these other guys. And he's not going to need the sheltering that some of these other guys are going to need. Like you don't have to stick him on a third line with uh with a veteran uh like responsibly defensively responsible guy to make sure that when Raymond's making his rookie mistakes, someone's going to be back there because he's not making those mistakes because he's already been through this at such a young age. And you look at this type of player and you think you read the scouting report and what he's able to do with the puck but I just read a Sam Cosentino quote that says, like his countryman, Alexander Holtz, he's awkwardly at an age where he's too good to play with everybody. But yeah, you expect a 17-year-old to step in and play well against men. People are talking about, well, he didn't get enough playing time. He didn't contribute enough offensively. All these things. Imagine he was playing in the OHL right now. What he would be doing, he'd probably be ranked even higher. Yeah, the Junior A-League, the J-20 in Sweden, the Super League, isn't quite at the level of the OHL, and I don't think I'm shocking anyone by that. But his last two years playing there, including nine games this season, um, yeah, ho-hum. He put up a, a 62 points in 46 games. Pretty ridiculous, including 14 points, 11 assists in nine games this season. We mentioned a little bit of a tougher transition, but you then look at it just compared to his age group in the top level in Sweden. He put up one of the best U20 seasons that that league has ever seen in terms of points per 20 minutes or points per 60 minutes played when you break it down versus ice time. He's lodged right between William Nylander and Daniel Sedin, and both those guys had no trouble coming over to North America and making the most out of it. And there was an interesting quote that came out on Twitter. It was from Patrick Bexel saying that he just spoke with Sweden's world junior coach, where, of course, uh, Lucas Raymond was a big part of that team, four points in seven games he had at this year's world juniors. And he said that if injuries had happened down the middle, he was planning to use Lucas Raymond as a centerman instead of a right winger. Are we all on the same page here that Lucas Raymond will be a right winger in the National Hockey League? Parley, I'll come to you. I feel like if that's where he plays against men, that's where he'll play in his future. Uh, a right winger definitely brings the game a little bit easier to a player like this, where if you're expecting more offense out of him, moving in the middle doesn't really make sense at all. But uh, to go off of that, we talked about we can talk about uh, production and where we can expect this guy to compete. But Senators fans have learned to love Connor Brown in the short amount of time, sample size, watching him. I think you're getting a Connor Brown, but with way more potential. I mean, this guy can play up and down the ice. I don't think we should get lost talking about production when it comes to this guy's game. 
Yeah, that's very fair to say. And let's get into comparables, Parley. I know you love them. And they there for most players are plenty of guys to choose from. Every time I hear Lucas Raymond's name with an NHL comparable, it's the same guy, Mitch Marner. Do you see that as well? It's it's crazy not to. I mean, size matches up and everything like that. But you PK look at ability him. too. I think is underrated about Marner, a smaller guy, but can really fight for pucks. Especially like his stick checking is so elite. And you talk about a player that can play with pace. Well, that doesn't just mean controlling the puck at pace. Like I mentioned in last episode, we talked about Anthony Duclair and how fast he can play with the puck and his feet match up with his hands and everything like that works out. But let's not forget playing at a high quality in a high pace also means your decision-making has to be elite in the pace as well. And I definitely think that's what you get out of this guy. He thinks the game well, and he sets himself up in the situations to make the right play because he's not only playing faster, making better moves, but he's also able to outthink his opponents at a high pace of play. Yeah, Parley, I'm, I'm with you 100% there. And when... When I watch tape on uh, these prospects, I like to try to think of one quick buzzword for the guys. The buzzword I have for Lucas Raymond is hungry. Like, this guy wants it. He's so aggressive all over the ice. He may not be the fastest guy, but what I find he did really well was getting that first step on guys. It's that quick first step, and the fact that he's a good two-way player doesn't mean um, just in the offensive zone. When he's back-checking, too, he's forcing guys to make quick decisions they can't hesitate and when you're forced to make quick decisions that's when you make mistakes and that's when you turn the puck over and that's when you start a breakout in the other uh zone for your team if you're Raymond forcing those mistakes on the other uh opposite side of the ice so the fact that he's able to do that is really going to play well and it's going to give him those aspects like you talked about partly the Connor Brown aspects but with the Mitch Marner type of finish and offensive ability creativity yeah, exactly. So you get that good two-way back-checking, four-checking uh, aggressiveness, but also with all that skill. I don't know about you guys, but Lucas Raymond is my top choice for the Senators if he's available at pick number five. Yeah, exactly. And why? Well, I mean, kind of gives it away that he's above five on our rankings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with Lucas Raymond, and I mentioned his creativity, and that's because I think that's the most important reason why he should be on the wing. Sure, you want him to be a responsible two-way guy, but you don't need the pressure of going up defensively against the number one or number two centerman that we see. Like a number two centerman in, in Toronto is John Tavares. Like <laughs> it's, it's Braden Point in Tampa Bay. Like you're going up against very good players in the Atlantic division, and I think he's going to make the transition right away uh, to the National Hockey League. I, I don't see him spending any time in the American League. I don't see him playing again in Sweden, although if he does, it's not the worst thing in the world. Still, of course, eligible for the World Juniors, but I see him as a guy that can come in right away. We talk about the left, the right side of the Sens depth chart, which we're going to get into more on Friday's show, but you just look at Lucas Raymond, what he can bring offensively from the half wall, and that's where the Mitch Marner comparison really gets uh, enlarged to me. Mitch Marner, a guy who grew up playing centerman, but knew that it would create more space for him in the offensive zone when he has the puck on his stick for more time on the wing. So Lucas Raymond, right winger. It seems like the difference between him and Holtz, you can say Holtz has a little bit better of a shot, and that's no knock against Raymond. Holtz has probably the best quick release in the entire draft. But every other aspect of their game, you would give the edge to Raymond, right? 
I think you don't just give it to his game, but I think you give it to his work ethic as well. I've read a couple different reporters talking to his the people around Frolunda and the people that watch him prepare and work every single day. And then when it comes to him working out away from the team and away from the game, Pillar, you mentioned it, hungry. I think he's even hungry off the ice. I read a report that this guy worked out on ice nine times a week last summer. That is so, ridiculous. So what's the one thing that scouts might be weary of? Is there a part of his game that you're not sold on yet? Well, what I've read so far is something I'm not really that worried about, and that is he doesn't, he's not the quickest for his size, which is you know before end of play, who knows what his body has looked like right now. It's been around 5'11", 170, and for that size, obviously you do still think Mitch Marner, but Mitch Marner does, is pretty fleet of foot. He's a fast player. And not only can he play fast, but he can keep up with his game, hands, mind. We've talked about that. However, Lucas Raymond doesn't exactly have that elite speed that you would look for in a top-line guy who maybe isn't the biggest. But, I mean, he's 17 years old. He can meet the right coach. He can grow. He can still become a man. I, things like that really don't bother me at this time. And it doesn't seem to bother many of the scouts who we base our rankings on. The Bob McKenzie had him at 6. Scott Wheeler had him at 5. Corey Pronman had him at 4. Robinson from Elite Prospects had him at five. And Craig Button, who we talked to a couple weeks ago about why he had him a little bit lower. It was just that there were other guys he liked better. It wasn't as much a knock on him. But that all averages out to 5.8. So this one we have a little bit higher than the average. And, of course, Craig Button's nine really pushes that down as everyone else has him four, five, or six on on theirs. So um, that's where he's ranked. And as you mentioned at the start, Parley, or you alluded to, the Senators have drafted three players in, from Frolunda in their history. One was just a junior. They took in the second round in 2009 by the name of Robin Leonard, who is one of the Sens abroad we'll be covering as the playoffs come back. And the other two, Daniel Alfredson and Eric Carlson. Good company from Frolunda, who has produced many NHL stars over the years. That's Lucas Raymond, number four on our Send Central draft rankings. So there you have it. Number four on the Send Central draft rankings. And number three is where the Sens have their first pick. So you can guarantee that one of the following three players that we profile as we work our way towards number one. Pilsy, you said it wasn't even worth doing number one. I think that the Sens have enough assets. If they want that first pick, they can get it. It, hey, it's it's not that crazy, and you know what? It'd be a shame not to do it, because imagine we decided not to profile number one and then the Sens draft up to get him, or like Craig Button said, maybe Lafreniere falls to number three, Stutzel and Byfield go one and two, right? Yeah, well, I mean, crazier things have happened. We know the draft is one of the most exciting things, and the fact that the teams that are returning to play are fighting. Well in a roundabout way, for the first overall pick. So, we at Sens Central, as most hockey fans are, I know if you're listening to this, yeah, sure, you're a Sens fan first, but you love the game of hockey, and we're going to start pivoting towards talking and previewing and, and analyzing the return to play from a Sens angle, of course. We've got our Sens Abroad segment that will be starring uh, former Senators, but Pilsy, I want to start off before we get into our preview. What's the one play-in series that you're going to be most focused on? Or maybe that has the best storyline around it? 
Well, first of all, I'm not going to be focusing on one in particular. I'm going to be watching literally every single game of every single play-in series. I can promise you that. But one that I'm really intrigued about, and I don't think enough people uh, are kind of hyped up about, Florida Panthers versus the Islanders. I think that's a really good matchup. And the Panthers, let's be honest, I think this is kind of their window that they need to they need to capitalize on winning a Stanley Cup because there's a lot of guys there that may not be coming back. You look at Mike Hoffman, Dadanov, uh, they just signed Bobrovsky to that monster deal. So I think their window is kind of kind of closing here and they haven't done much with it so far. So if the Florida Panthers want to get something done, I think they can make light work out of the New York Islanders. But I always think the Islanders are going to be an easy out in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens there. I'm, I'm really intrigued by that series. Well, that's a, another series that Sens fans should have their eye on, having yep. that Islanders first first round pick. So if the Islanders lose that that series, it's likely 13, 14, or 15 for that. Now, if they win that series, you're pushing it back towards, let's say they win the play-in and then lose in the, what would have been the first round of the playoffs. You're looking at around 20, okay? Do you think it's worth the Islanders losing out in that first round for the 12 and a half percent chance that the pick would be deferred to next year? I don't know. Yeah, that's tough. I man, I don't we, mind if it's next year. If the Islanders win the lottery, I as a Sens fan doesn't bother me. That's the thing. Like when you have nine picks or whatever it is yeah, in the first round. Yeah, why not push rounds, one to next year? Yeah, why not why not move it over a little? But you already ahead. have San Jose's second next year too. So ne- then you're already going to next year with two firsts and two seconds. Oh man, that's that's Even unreal. Single. They already have the Dezingle one for next year, too. The the draft picks are never-ending. Pierre Dorian, the guy loves his picks. Um, Another series, Ross, that I'm really interested to, Carolina Hurricanes and New York Rangers. The Rangers, they they kick-started that rebuild so quickly with Panarin, and now they went from a rebuilding team to a dangerous contender, even though they weren't going to make the playoffs. But if that team can stay intact, and um, is Kreider healthy now? Yeah, he is. Who starts in goal, though? Do you go to Sturkin? Do you go back to Lundqvist, old reliable? I mean, even Georgiev played really well this year. No, you got to go to Sturkin. I mean, yeah. it'd be nice to maybe give Lundqvist maybe like a last hurrah kind of thing. But when you're dealing with a play-in series of only three games, you don't really have a lot of margin for error. So you got to pick the goalie who you think is going to give wins. you the best chance every night. And that's got to be Shesterkin, right? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. I mean, his wins-loss record of his, of his entire career, whether it's the KHL, AHL, NHL, it, it says it for itself. And worth noting as well, like the Rangers being the lower seed in this matchup, you know Carolina was one of the two teams to vote no for this format. Well, do you think it's because the Rangers went 4-0 and against them this year? I think that Absolutely. has to play it back. And guess what? Another wrinkle. The Rangers have the, the Hurricanes' first-round pick in the Brady-Shea trade. So how about that for a little extra motivation? If the Rangers beat the Hurricanes, Hurricanes win the lottery, the Rangers draft first overall and make the playoffs. Yeah, if the Rangers got the cup and drafted first overall, like they would be one of the best teams in the league, like almost immediately going from a rebuild. Like, remember, it wasn't that long ago that they sent out that letter, a full page in, I think it was the New York Times. Yeah, well, they traded everybody since then. Pretty much, other than uh, like Lungfist and uh, Kreider, Kreider, that's that's about it. But even Zuccarello's gone, and Stepan, those were like the, who you thought of when you thought of the New York Rangers. 
Yeah, but they they knew it was time to change the guard, and they did it quickly, and they did it effectively. So I I don't blame Carolina for voting no on that one. And Mark Stahl. Don't forget Mark Stahl still holding on. That's more of a Bobby Ryan situation, though. Yeah, as you can see, we got lots to get to in all sorts of hockey talk. So we'll get back to that on Monday. Lots of breakdown with the Sens' upcoming depth chart and where we see that potential landing. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast for Brandon Piller. I'm Ross Levitanen.